Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Come through, queen. I want to see you. Come through, queen. Hi, everyone. It's Dan. And Brendan. And this is Come Through Queen. Let's talk about your song. Congratulations. Thank you. How does it compare to Coffee and Love, would you say? It does not compare. It doesn't. Hey, Brendan. Hey, Dan. Happy Snowvid Day or whatever the people are calling it. Oh, oh my God. I had not heard that. But like that kind of reminds me of like an offshoot of Snowpocalypse and that kind of stuff. It's very 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, We are picking it up from some Patreon bonus content that we uh, just recorded. You should tune into the pre-show to learn why I cried not once, but twice on the same day earlier this Monday. Spoiler alert, it's because of Little Mix breaking up, which we talked about in the pre-show, and the premiere of the Summer House Season 5 trailer. Our friends are back. You, the Little Mix one is understandable because a great group of women broke up, but like you crying over summer house trailer while it was a good trailer. You, I think you need to go take more walks maybe, (laughs) but like it was happy tears, which actually doesn't happen so much in like too often in my life. Uh, I'll cry at like the drop of a basket. I'm not like a happy crier. Um, But for summer house, I am because our friends are back. Let's check in with people magazine and let's see what they have to say. Let's see. So People has the exclusive first look at the season five trailer for the popular Bravo reality show, which resumed filming in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic in July for a summer unlike any other. The season's official synopsis reads, The drama intensifies as the Summer House crew mixes business with pleasure for the first time all together 24-7. Quarantining in the Hamptons, this group 
of friends must tackle busy work schedules, tumultuous relationships, and epic parties under one roof. Returning for the new season are Kyle Cook, Amanda Batula, Lindsay Hubbard, Carl Radke, Hannah Burner, Paige Sorbo, Luke Gulbrinson, star of The Flight Attendant, and wow. Danielle Oliveira. The quarantine crew is also joined by a new roommate, Sierra Miller, an ICU nurse from New York City who is sure to stir the pot. Wow. Bethany, wow. wow. Um, and this this little blurb doesn't mention it, but it seems we're also going to get some moments with uh, Hubhouse's boyfriends during yeah. this. Uh, Hannah confirmed that with an interview with Us Weekly, because in the trailer it says 10 friends, but when you mm-hmm. look at this rundown, it's only nine people. I mean, it seems like Hobhouse and Steven are no longer together. And also in the trailer, it seems as though she hooks up with Luke at some point. That's disappointing that they're no longer together. I'm really excited about this because... And I hope they do a better job than the housewives who are out and about in the world while filming yeah. because they're able to be at this house together. I'm hoping they get to like, we get to forget about COVID for like an episode at a time. Maybe uh, I want, I'm not so much asking to forget about COVID. I'm um, just make me not angry about what I am seeing on screen in the world of COVID that we're living in. Yeah, you, you, I'm afraid for your (laughs) mental health as these shows. We might have to take a hiatus as a podcast because Dan might run himself mad. Sure. Um, I'm with the attitude now. I'm like, it is what it is. I can't get angry over these reality stars behavior during COVID, but neither here nor there. What do you think about the new castmate? Oh, I'm so excited for her. I mean, People have been calling for a little bit more diversification on Summer House because it's like heavily white. Mm -hmm. Um, She seems fun. Hearing that she's an ICU nurse, I was like, holy shit, like, I really hope we (laughs) quarantined ahead of time. I know. Kind of like in the Dallas trailer, it's like, oh, it's nice to have a medical professional in the the bunch. Yeah, and word on the street we heard from sources that she is friends with Luke and that's mm-hmm. how she kind of came into the mix. Um, which is, which is the person I would expect the least to be bringing people into the mix. I know he's just like a boring lump of a man. I feel like um, we weren't even sure over the summer, whether he was definitely back or not. I know because he took the reunion from like, the woods of Minnesota or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause everyone at the beginning of quarantine, like everyone ran home to their parents' houses before realizing that it was going to be more than like a few weeks. Yeah. You know, but which is funny Um, also not to like make this spawn con HBO max, the flight attendant, but Kaylee Cuoco, who was on watch heavens live this past week, talked about Luke, how she didn't know he was from summer house and they filmed Mm -hmm. like his scenes in like February. So like right before lockdown happened. Interesting. I saw that interview. Then I saw them tweet about it. Then I saw Rosie Perez acknowledge Luke in a tweet as well. (laughs) Um, I update for everyone who didn't listen to the pre-show yet. HBO Max has finally come to Roku, so now Dan can get off my fucking back and I can watch <laughs> The Flight Attendant in peace without him harassing me about it. Yeah. Um, but, okay, but 
I'm going to harass our listeners. I feel like most people who listen to Come Through Queen are on board with Summer House, but I'm mm-hmm. really going to stress you have until February 4th, I believe, is when this premieres. So you have a solid month and a half to dive in. I think the common wisdom is you can jump in at season three, but mm-hmm. th- like season one and two are only like 12 episodes maybe. So you're, it's not a heavy investment. Yeah. And for everyone, just like as a history of summer house, who doesn't know who hasn't necessarily, hasn't necessarily been listening to this podcast either. Summer house is a spinoff of Vanderpump rules. Yeah. Yeah. It started with a crossover from Vanderpump Rules with the Workus twins coming to Sir and then Stassi, Katie, Kristen, and maybe others coming maybe to yeah. maybe Sheena coming to the summer house. Kyle Cook, who's still on the show, trying to hit on Stassi while he was like blackout drunk and she was wearing a turtleneck bathing suit, so she kept on calling. He kept on calling her Steve Jobs. Iconic. It's it really is an iconic good show um, that everyone should check out. But um, the good th- the good thing about Summer House, I feel like it's um, lighter than what we're experiencing on Housewives. Yeah. So like my relationship with Summer House, like a few seasons ago, is like I could like miss half an episode or like not be really paying attention or like whatever, and still like feel caught up so it's like one of those kind of shows that you don't have to like be obsessed with every single detail on yeah one more thing before we jump out of the summer house conversation sure. is we're not talking about how uh danielle got her uh oh my god rosé bottle back finally I mean, has has a person ever worked harder for their spot like she was sleeping on floors of the summer house for like two seasons now I know to crawl just back like, and get the spot like being disrespected while also like actively disrespecting. Remember like last year she was like trying to hook up with Carl again after yeah. the whole hub house stuff. So, I mean, good for her. She's kind of like the sleepiest one in the house, but <laughs> sometimes we need a, a sleeper, you know, and lastly, justice for jewels. Justice for Jules, the heir of the Chili Noodle <laughs> restaurant, which name is escaping me. I think it's like something like Sun Sunrise Express or something. <laughs> I something don't think crazy. that's the name, but I'm sure I'm sure people have it in their towns and they can fill us in. So go oh, hop okay. on our Facebook or Discord and tell us what it is. Okay, let's put our well. Let me put my attorney cap on for this next story. Yeah, so the Erica Jane story, there was a big Los Angeles Times deep dive yeah. piece about Erica Jane and Tom Girardi that is worth the read. Yeah. Um I Dan, I pulled out two two moments that I thought were just like important slash embarrassing, but it's about it's basically about the downfall of Tom Girardi in a yeah. bigger way than I even knew. Um but did you wanna go through sure. with your oh. lawyer hat? Okay, so the LA Times reports in late September, Joseph Roy Gomez's attorneys finally had a chance to confront Girardi about his assets in a proceeding known as a judgment debtor exam. Testifying on a video conference call because of the pandemic, the attorney seemed for the first time resigned about his financial situation. And we're talking about Tom here. 
He said his stock portfolio of about 50 million was all gone and he had maybe a couple thousand dollars in his personal bank account, according to experts of a transcript filed in court. Now, this is interesting because like famously, stocks have soared during the pandemic for some reason. So like, how do we have like thousands in your account? Like the fact that like I am on the same financial level as Tom Girardi is sick and sad and he should be scared. Yeah. Okay. So asked about his income, he said, I haven't taken a penny in salary out of the firm for more than two years. Then also, there was, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, the second part is something different. Sure. But um, there's also a point in this article, apparently his... Um, son-in-law, so I guess the person married to one of his daughters, because okay. Tom has kids from his previous marriage. Didn't realize, okay. Apparently, that son-in-law worked at the law firm huh? and recently left and huh? quit on a Saturday. <gasps> so, from what I've from what I've collected of this LA Times piece, it seems like th- this law firm was being kind of like shadily run. Mm-hmm. Not kind of shadily run, like very shadily run. Okay. Um, and all decisions were coming through Tom himself. I don't know about law firms, but from what I understand, most law firms, when you join, there is the goal or the ability to eventually become a partner. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. 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 That wasn't a thing at this law firm. Like no one could become a partner. No, it was all run through Tom, and I think there was like one other person. Key, it's like Girardi Keys, I believe, is the name of the law firm. Yes. So the L.A. Times piece says that there wasn't people did not have the ability to become a partner, hmm. and so everything was controlled by Tom. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, like obviously, you hear these law firms with like a few names in the title, and those are like mm-hmm. the big partners. But eventually, like other people become partners. They don't, but they right. don't get their name in the title. Right. Um, Okay, so then there was 2011, Girardi, the association president that year, announced a special treat for the audience, a screening of his wife's latest music video. For the next four and a half minutes, the justices watched with the rest of the crowd as a scantily clad Jane gyrated on screen. The Metropolitan News Enterprise, LA's century-old legal newspaper, termed the event a fiasco. Set... At a smoke-filled party, the video, if I'm correctly advised, included a woman partier pouring liquor on a man's bare chest and lapping it up, wrote newspaper editor Roger Grace. Judges were absolutely beside themselves, Grace recalled in a recent interview. So I think this was just like some legal event that Tom Girardi decided to turn on a Erica Jane music video. And it is so reminiscent of, do you know that SNL skit with Cecily Strong? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forget who was the guest that week, but it's basically like some guy having a party with like his old school, like legal friends. And then he decides to let his wife perform. And it's like, it's based on Erica Jane. Yeah. 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 This, I wonder if like somebody knew about somebody at SNL knew about this instance of this party. Cause it's like so similar. Well, I mean, it's like reported in this legal newspaper. So uh, there was some record of it. I mean, that's interesting. Cause like, Erica always painted the picture like there is Erica Jane and there's Erica Girardi and never the two shall meet. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they've met. I just, I don't know what's next for them because it just keeps on getting worse and worse. I mean, they're, they're like all, all of this is civil right now. Like there's no like grand jury indictment or anything like that. 
but like from the sound of it, it sounds like we we can go down that road, mm-hmm. which is it, scary. And the fact that he has no money. <laughs> I think I read somewhere the firm account has in the operating account. I was telling you this has $15,000 in the operating account. What would you say is typical for like a law firm to have in their operating account? I mean, that obviously varies from like the size of the law firm. But like a big, a big law firm like his supposedly was. Um, I would, like, I would. Like millions, right? I would th- like I, at least hundreds of thousands. I would right. think, you know, <laughs> like if not millions. Um, Wow. I just like they're in the middle of filming. Lisa Rinna claims in Instagram comments that like Erica is going to address it, but I just can't see her addressing all of it in a big way. Unless, unless Erica actually is going to cut and run, like unless the divorce is real and she's going to, she's making moves herself to like get away and like get out of this bullshit. I know, but like she's roped into it. Like she, she's trying to cut, but she can't run. I know. And also it's like, there's also like a darkness in the fact that he is in his eighties and like, yeah, it, I mean like he obviously it's clear that he's potentially behaved very badly, but like, well, there's some ugh. reporting that was not mentioned uh, in what we covered about him being ill as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's been hospitalized at some point. Yeah, some people were comparing that to the Bill Cosby's and Harvey Weinstein's Mm. who all of a sudden, once they were accused, like would appear in court with walkers. I'm not saying I'm not like I'm not pointing my finger at Tom. I'm just saying what other people are saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Why don't we wrap up the news with another legal issue brewing in the Housewives Cinematic Universe? And this we're jumping from the LA times to the New York times for this piece. You're right. But to be, to be clear, I pulled the blurbs you're about to read from people, but That's it was fine. reported in the New York times. Yeah. yeah, It was reported in the New York times. People's right? just easier for us to digest. This people is like, <laughs> it is in our language. The New York times, it's our is, a little, New York times. is a little above us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. From people. Alleged Lucchese crime family soldier John Perna has pleaded guilty to assaulting Dina Manzo's husband in 2015. According to a release issued on Wednesday by New Jersey U.S. Attorney Craig Carpenito, Perna admitted via video conference to planning and carrying out an aggravated assault on David Canton, the current husband of the former Real Housewives of New Jersey star. Prosecutors allege that her ex-husband, Thomas Manzo, hired Perna in 2015 to assault Canton, who was Dina's boyfriend at the time, in exchange for a deeply discounted wedding reception to be held at Manzo's Mm -hmm. upscale Passaic County venue. Perna, who is a quote-unquote made man in the Lucchese crime family, planned and carried out the assault on July 18th, 2015, with the help of members of his crew. Uh, the release states, Perna was armed with a slapjack during the assault. In exchange for committing the assault, Perna held a lavish wedding reception at Manzo's restaurant just one month later for a fraction of the price he would have otherwise paid. The reception was attended by over 330 guests, many of whom were members of the Lucchese crime family. The charge Perna pled to, a violent crime in aid of racketeering activity, carries a maximum potential penalty of 20 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. His sentencing is scheduled for April 28th. 
In a statement to People on Thursday, Thomas's lawyer said Mr. Perna, during his plea of guilty, never mentioned that he was involved in this activity, directly or indirectly, with Mr. Manzo. To me, that is evidence of exoneration of Mr. Manzo. So this was obviously mm-hmm. Tom Thomas Manzo's uh, attorney speaking. A lawyer for Dina and her husband told people his clients had no comment at this time. Interesting. I just, I'm waiting for this to all suss out yeah, and to see what um, Caroline's reaction is because yeah. it'll be very telling. Um, we talked about this previously when this news story broke. And mm-hmm. if you are interested and you missed that episode, like Google come through Queen Dina Manzo or something like that. Cause we did a deep dive when this broke and I like, I was looking up dates like a psychopath, like, like Dina was in town for like a christening or, Oh no, she was in town for Lauren Lauren Manzo's wedding. Mm -hmm. And then soon after this happened, occurred, moved to LA permanently. Right. Yeah. So we really dive in deep there. It'll be curious to see how the Tommy Manzo stuff plays out because he has not taken a plea. And what the New York Times reported is that he is scheduled to go to trial in April. Whether or not that happens, we don't know because, like, especially in this time, trials and shit are getting delayed, delayed, delayed. So Mm -hmm. we may not have an answer by then. It's... So crazy. So I'm also afraid to talk about it. I know. I am know. afraid too. We're we're just reporting the facts. We're just report. <laughs> we're, we're just reporting. <laughs> Please, freedom, freedom of the press. I don't. I can't fight, so I don't know what I'll do if I'm attacked. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back with some Atlanta and Potomac. Perfect. And we are back with the Real Housewives of Atlanta. What an interesting journey this week. So I feel like this episode almost feels like the actual first episode. Right, because the gals are getting together, like that kind of stuff. In a lot of ways, it is. The first episode had to do a lot of like housekeeping as far as like, here's what happened when we weren't fully cameras up. It's important to show you yeah. kind of thing. And and we didn't have Drew the first episode. We didn't have LaToya the first episode. Mm-hmm. We didn't have taglines. Interestingly enough, Portia is still in this episode not filming with anybody. Portia is busy. Portia's busy. And that's probably like a highlight of this for me. Like Portia being busy, I could watch all day and night mm-hmm. and like be riveted by. And then the rest of it just makes you mad, doesn't it? Uh, a lot of it does. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to go mad if we continue to watch these COVID Bravo shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, it is 93 degrees outside of Kenya's house as she, as we're getting together and meeting Latoya for the first time before even meeting Drew. I know. It was like, I mean, New York's not Atlanta, but we're our own kind of hot. But think about like... The only thing you can do, you could do back in the summer was be outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be inside, obviously, but if you wanted to, like, enjoy life, the only thing you could do was be outside. So it was like, I just remember being like, okay, just 
just get ready to sweat all day and that's that's life. Yeah, but like the thing is during the summer you could be outside at least like during night. So like the sun will go down right. and like it's a little cooler at least. Right. Um like now where we're at in the winter time, like four o'clock hits and you're you're inside for good, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I do like a little bit of a walk at six, but yeah. Sure. Um, But in the context Uh, of this, it's like they have to pretend to care about COVID. So like be outside in the Atlanta heat, full hair and makeup. Yeah. Not, not great. Yeah. So what's also interesting with this is, okay, like we are filming this scene meeting LaToya, who BTW, I think should have a peach. So far, but I feel like it was a Sutton situation. I think we heard it yeah. was a Sutton situation. Yeah, it's the Sutton clause where if you can't show your children, you don't get to hold anything. Meanwhile, Sonia Morgan has been holding an apple for a decade, but... Yeah. I mean, like, who cares? Like, LaToya is coming in hot. And, like, if you're if you're new to a group in COVID you got to come in hot. Otherwise, we're going to fall asleep. Exactly. And, like, the fact that Kenya Moore is embracing her. Yeah. Give her a damn peach. Yeah. That's that's reason enough. Um, but there's a lot of, like, weirdness in terms of the order of the filming. Because, like, we're filming this and we're talking about going to Todd's birthday. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, like, it seems like cameras were sort of up for that. Mm-hmm. Because we got some footage from it, but they probably like didn't want to linger on it too long to piss me off. Yeah, specifically to piss you off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then we jump from that to Portia coming home from being arrested, which happened in July. Mm-hmm. I d- I do just want to quickly point out <laughs> uh, Portia's mom and sister making fun of her mugshot with the Charlie Brown lip. I was dying. I know. So good. I, anytime which is, those three are together, it's like golden television. Which is funny because Portia famously has a gorgeous mugshot. Famously, yes. Remember that? Remember that old? Like, I don't even remember what that was for, but where she's like in full makeup oh, yeah, it's, and like smiling. It's seared in my brain. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Like, it's like a, like a bold purple lip, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe like deep red. I'm a... Yeah, like a magenta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so we we meet Drew through Cynthia, mm-hmm. who met her through Eva. Which is like, the fact that like Eva doesn't have a peach, I would let anyone have a peach at this point. Like, let's get oh, yeah, more, than, yeah. more than five housewives, please. I know. I mean, we've said this already several times, but like, in these times, like, Let's hold on to what we have. Now's not the time to be like cleaning house. Right. And Eva is a little sleepy, we must admit. But like we said for when we're talking about Summer House, sometimes you need a sleepy person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So we we jump from meeting Drew with Cynthia to hours earlier being in Drew's house. Mm -hmm. And we meet her mom. And her husband, Ralph. Okay. So the journey that I went on with Ralph this episode, I think a lot of people did as well. 
Yeah. When yeah. you first meet Ralph, you're like, oh, this guy's really handsome. He seems nice. He seems great. He works in tech. He works in like, tech. He, Not 30 minutes later, he is the worst house husband to ever grace this land. Not maybe not the worst, but like up there. Let's tie that together. Cause like, I was like, why is this episode supersized? Mm -hmm. We supersize it specifically to watch this like dissolution of a marriage on their anniversary. Correct. On their, on their anniversary during the anniversary dinner. At their, like, sad McMansion dining room that all those weird McMansions that I grew up around in Atlanta have. Mm. Just, like, he is spying? I mean, that, that's, like, the least of it, because <laughs> he's running away for days during the pandemic. Going to Tampa? <laughs> like, uh, so Georgia's been bad, but, like, Florida is also bad for like COVID stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Um, the funny thing is like on, I guess in her shoes, like if I was her, I'd be like, I wouldn't even be engaging in the fight. Cause it's like beyond a conversation mm-hmm. to me. Right. Like, it's not like, I don't think we can resolve this. It is like, we need to really evaluate, like, how we live as a couple and, like, what is reality for the two of us. And, like, this is, like, so. What is acceptable behavior? Like, this is so out of line. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this is the classic, like, people have always talked about women joining these shows for a way out of their marriage? Like, that is something that has been theorized about a lot of people. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, yeah. Jules in um, sure. New York. Do you think this is that kind of situation? So, I'm not sure, because Drew has apparently tested for this show for several seasons. That's wild. She also is a fairly accomplished actress who has been in... Like, maybe not huge stuff, but Ben and Stuff. She was in that TLC thing on um, Lifetime with Kiki Palmer. The the biopic. Yeah, the... (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I mean, that's how she says it. I know, I know. I used to think that's how it was uh, said, too. I think, like, you can say that for fun, but I think it's, like, meant to be a biopic. It's a biopic. It's a... Picture about your a biography. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think she's like they even outwardly talked about in this episode how she was present during the Cynthia proposal. Right. Yeah. With a uh, Nini's like ham trays. Do you remember those? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other thing about the whole Drew saga, I thought it was interesting with the mom wearing a mask during like the beginning of their family scene and them telling her to take it off. They're like, Oh, we've been quarantining together. And I'm like screaming at the camera. The crew is in the house. The crew is in the house. (laughs) Don't take it off. Oh my God. I get, is this how every episode is watched for you? Yes. I mean, yes. like, I, that's good and responsible of you. I must give it to you. But I, like, I guess I, like, don't watch it in that way. Maybe that's bad of me. 
Mm. But I'm like, I'm not thinking of the crew when I'm watching these shows. Yeah. And that is bad of me. I mean, the thing is, is like, um, I mind much less the family scenes. Because they're family. Because like, at least they're all to They do all live together. And like, hopefully like the crew is acting responsibly and like getting tested and, or this and that, but like, who knows? Uh, it's like more like Todd's birthday party and like Blake Bailey all like sitting on each other's lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was something it's like, we obviously know by this point, by watching these shows up until now, these people, no one's taking like the like best precautions. They're taking the minimum precautions. So like the fact that we had these people who just met each other, like hugging and kissing and sitting on each other's laps at Lake Bailey. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing before Lake Bailey was Riley's graduation. Oh yeah. I've been to that high school. Oh yeah. Do you know that high school costs that high school is a lot of money. A year. Oh, yeah. And, but it's money that wow. Candy has. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, no wonder, like, Riley's like, what are you crying about NYU? You've already been paying all these years. Right. And by I've been to that high school, I don't mean I went to that high school as a student. I, like, went for my sister's soccer game when they played that school. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> Cynthia hosting with her fake grapes and cold meatball. <laughs> Whenever Cynthia's getting ready to host an event at Lake Bailey and she's like putting out food and drink, I'm always like, like the hostess with like the the leastest. It's just like she doesn't have (laughs) an eye for it. Yeah. No offense to Cynthia. She's got an eye for other things, but it's like, stop trying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always think about, and this wasn't at Lake Bailey, but I always think about when she had Nini to the Bailey wine cellar and she served chips and salsa, but the salsa was in a wine glass and mm -hmm. the mechanics of dipping a chip into salsa in a wine glass. uh, You're obsessed. I'm sorry. It's like, there's no good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I loved the little teaser of like, Drew being like, I don't like you. No, of Latoya be saying to Drew, like, I don't like you. And we were like, oh, what? Like, is she being crazy? Oh, yeah. And then she like, but then it's because of her character on some show. <laughs> What's the show called? It's a pretty popular show. I just forget what it's called. The Game. The Game. Yeah, very popular show. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> I loved like. Marlo talking about Drew being like a working actress and Kenya like th- like they wouldn't be out for the same roles because like Kenya doesn't work oh my as God. an actress anymore. When what was the last j- acting job Kenya has? Was it her self produced like movie that she put out or a sitcom that she put out? Whatever happened to that? It went nowhere because she, it no one was going to pick that up. Yeah. Um. I mean Marlo. As usual, like Marlo, both of these episodes is bringing me the most joy, like whispering to Latoya to stay away from Kenya. Mm -hmm. And like, she can't keep a man if Jesus paid her to. (laughs) Marlo, just like, I want to see what her media intake is 
So mm-hmm. like, do you know what I mean? It's like somebody who is so good at like speaking on the fly and like has like such fun references. I like want to know what she takes in when she goes yeah, home yeah. and sits on her with her TV. And like, I imagine there's like an iPad on one of those little stands like next to her. <laughs> and she's like scrolling through. I just like need to know what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's pretty much like the rundown of Atlanta. How are you feeling? I mean, we got like Tanya next week. Thank God. Thank God. A light. I'm feeling fine. Um, I just like, I don't know where we're like, we're obviously like moving towards this big stripper gate moment, but like, I don't know what we'll have until we get there, you know? I mean, I don't think even Bravo knows because they're filming this week. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, are we going to be adding to the repertoire of holiday shows as featured in our uh, Come Through Queen Instagram? Will we be adding season whatever this is to the the chart next year? I mean, maybe. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let us get to... The part one of the Potomac reunion. And what a part it was. Guys, my, I can now understand Monique because my adrenaline is still pumping. Same. I like, (laughs) I stood in the um, school supplies uh, aisle in Target for like 30 minutes the other day looking for a binder because I want to be like Monique. (laughs) Stop. What's my tab? Do I have a shady tab? The other one or whatever. What was her name for Giselle? Like the other one? No, the the last lady. The last lady. That makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she had former friend. She had the last lady. She had Candace's post-it, which was <laughs> really great. Because <laughs> of all the like inspirational mm-hmm. post-its she leaves for herself. And Wendy was just Wendy. Okay. We, oh yeah, Wendy and Karen and Ashley were just their names. Right. Sharice had a tab for former friend. Perfect. Um, for someone who's not even, not even there, not getting a check to like have a, her own tab in the binder. They don't even like mic her up when she does come through. Um, <laughs> has Sharice been saying anything about this? Online? I don't, you know me, I'm not looking for. What Charisse is saying. I haven't seen anything online from Charisse, um, but I also haven't looked. Can we just say, we talked weeks ago about the looks, but I just mm. want to say oh. that I was right about Wendy. You were right. She put those four degrees to use. She had an idea. She had a thought. She looked incredible when she was sitting down. The fir- when we first saw the first photo of that look, it was a little awkward, but mm-hmm. we knew. That is a look meant to be taken in while seated. Exactly. Okay. Now, one other thing just about like um, the technicalities of this. Mm-hmm. This is theater in the round. I've been saying More that. So- yeah. More so than New York was. Well, yeah. New York was like theater in half a comma. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Now, the confusing thing about this is like people are looking every which way. And like Wendy is looking at 
Monique and like she's looking in the wrong direction of how my brain is picturing it. Because mm-hmm. like my brain is picturing it as like, you know, the standard, like, here's these three, right. then Andy, then these four. But like Wendy's looking to her left when she should be looking to her right in my brain. Right. And then like them on stage are even getting confused because Robin was like, Why are you looking at me when you say that, Wendy? For like one of the things. <laughs> So it's just interesting. Was Robin trying to put a leopard in her hair? Is that what was going on? It looked like it looked like newspaper print was like <laughs> like stained into her mm-hmm. hair or something. I feel like they separated Robin and Giselle, and mm. both of them lost some of their powers. Mm. It's like you know, not to make a Harry Potter reference because it's like read another book, but you know when um in the last Harry Potter book when like one of them would be wearing the Horcrux and they would be a mm-hmm. different person. I felt like Robin and Giselle when they're separated is like each of them wearing a Horcrux. Uh, probably I, I really like I've read the books and I like, I'm not even following you, but um, to me, it's like, remember when you're like growing up and they would put like cousins in different classes like if they were in the same grade, I don't think we had a lot of that. Oh, like, like twins. I grew up with twins. Yeah, my best friends were twins, and they were always in a different class. Yeah, twins, or even like if the school would catch on that like two people were like best friends, they would like try to split them up sometimes too. Mm-hmm. That it was like that. And you know what? I don't like it, and I know that everyone's against. Uh, I know everyone's against Giselle right now, and I'm not going to defend her in this moment. Sure. But I, I like to see when people are at their full power. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like, since they're not sitting right next to each other, they can't whisper to each other. So they never were going to be at their full I power. I know, but like, there's still like an energy you can feel. Yeah. Now, at the top of the episode, I love, love, loved the complete series retrospective. It truly was incredible and... Just like the fact that they were all watching themselves and their entire careers made it like so much better. Yeah. I mean, usually we're getting like a season retrospective. I think this just like goes to show what a pivotal season this was. Mm -hmm. It's it's changed the game for Potomac. Potomac is more important than ever, I think. Yeah. Just like as far as like where it stands in like the Bravo world and like where we talk about things, you know. It, but the, at the same time, though, it's like it's worrying. Like, where do we go from here? Right. Yeah, I'm a little worried that some bridges will be too burned to yeah. move forward. I mean, Monique came to set the house ablaze. I know. And (laughs) so like, obviously like there's team Monique, team Candace, then there's like a big contingent of people that's team no one. But we're not even like, we're not even there yet. Really in this first part. I know, but I I was setting up what I was about to say. I'm like team no one, but I'm also more like team Monique, please don't burn this house on fire because Maybe we need you moving forward. Mm. But like, I don't mind setting the house on fire. Cause like 
we only get this from someone who is done. So, like, we would not be talking about things that we are talking about unless someone is willing to walk away. Totally. I just worry that, like, I worry. The thing I like the most about Potomac is that these women, regardless of whether they have a problem with each other, are typically willing to get into the same room together and, like, have, like, their back and forth and then, like, go home or whatever. Yeah. Other cities have a lower bar for going too far. Potomac has a really high bar, but I feel like we're Mm. getting to that bar of like going too far to the point where like, I don't want to lose any of these women is my point. I don't want like us to have like separate worlds. They all need to be together in one room. Yeah. Now, before getting into like some moments, like I, like I feel like a lot of times when we talk about, reunions like we're not that enthused because we're kind of just like rehashing the same shit but this is new shit we're in a new world where this is new shit but also like this like and this season of potomac was like was a great season i don't think it was the best season of all time of a housewives franchise Mm -hmm. i think this reunion might be the best reunion of all time it could end up being that yeah we'll have to see two parts but it's definitely off to a really strong Really strong start. Because, like, I feel like a lot of times with after part one, my thought process is either what else is there still to talk about or can we get to it? Right. And Whereas I, I feel like we talked about a ton of shit and there is still so much more to get to. And I think it's definitely because of COVID that we are having such a strong reunion because, like, who in their real world time would have the amount of time can uh, Monique had to put together that binder? Yeah. 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 I love picking up with Giselle's fashions, just like setting Karen up for this reunion, like setting the tone for this reunion. I know. And like them asking Robin about it also, it's like, yeah. You separate them and then ask her cousin twin to disparage her. Yeah. Now, and then one other thing is Wendy jumps into topic number one, Giselle's fashion, which has nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like usually the first season housewife at the reunion gets lost very easily. Yeah, she's a mouse usually. And Wendy was in the thick of it the whole time. I think Wendy is a stronger housewife than most people wanted to believe. Yeah, no one is giving her credit. Nobody's giving her credit except for us this entire time. I will say, we've been on the right side of Wendy history since the jump, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, But while we're talking about the fashions, Karen's fake Fendi with the clip of it being Endy. That was too good. And the fact that she tried to play it off by saying that it was tailored and it's like, I don't know much about tailoring, but what tailor in their right mind would like make that particular yeah. cut? Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Okay. Um, I love that we acknowledge that Karen was trying to get Wendy off of the show. I was surprised she was trying to do that as late as post Portugal. 
Yeah, and then there's been some other messiness that erupted this week after Giselle talked about it on Bravo's chat room. Did you see this? No, I did not. So I think Giselle, I didn't watch the episode, but from what I saw from social posts, Giselle said something along the lines of Karen said that Wendy wasn't pretty enough to oh, yeah, yeah, fit yeah, yeah. in with this group of girls. And then, I did see And that, then Karen yeah. ended up publicly responding and like showing what text messages she sent to both Wendy and Giselle in response. And a lot of people are saying that it's really unfair that Giselle has like another show to talk yeah. about her show, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It will be interesting. Well, I guess like right now it's like Portia and Giselle. They're, and like by the time Hannah's on... Giselle's show will be over. Mm-hmm. But like if all three of them had a show going on at once, that would be wild. I know. Yeah. Um, I loved obviously any opportunity to talk about coffee and love. <laughs> <laughs> do you think so? Do you think that Candace is a better singer than Ashley? Oh, yeah, she's a better singer than Ashley, but Coffee and Love is by far a better song. What's Candace's called again? I always forget. I See You, and then, like, the I, I See You, like, the Go-Go remix or something. I See You is such a weird song name, especially in this year. Yeah, in these times. I don't think she for, foresaw that. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um. Now, not a topic that, like, either of us are in any position to like really dissect or have an opinion on, but I enjoyed watching the conversation about colorism. Yeah, that was extremely interesting. Um, I, that was the instance in which Robin was like, why are you looking at me, Wendy? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. very interesting on a show like this. Um, I would be interested in having them go, even deeper on it maybe like even like next season not that they ever really sometimes they talk about things on the reunion from the reunion but like it'd be interesting if wendy gets her second season to have them deeper dive yeah i think she will be back um okay um (laughs) i like we we jumped like from the fashions then to giselle's home and Karen saying the theme of her house is Ronald McDonald had me <laughs> crying. It's so good. Have you seen people compare Giselle's house to the houses from Bad Girls Club? Um, I have not, but I can see that. It, it, if you, it, it really looks like a Bad Girls Club house. Um, Karen dragging to the depths of hell every who. Giselle's makeup line. Oh my God. I, sorry. I didn't even know the name of her makeup line. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, it's no Ladam, but, uh, um, it isn't, it isn't. It's been, they liquidated you. <laughs> I love, there's no better back and forth than the back, ba- back and forth on television in general, than the back and forth between Karen and Giselle, because, there's never like battle to battle. There's always a different winner, you know? So like, but like this time Giselle is exasperated. I know that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like Karen is winning this battle easily handily this time. 
Yeah. It's tough. It's it's tough. <laughs> I know. It's like you can see Giselle literally deflating. But then, so like after a conversation about every hue, Monique coming in with the binder and the text message and the phone number that had to not only be bleeped, but like uh, digitally all like uh, pixelated her mouth. Mm-hmm. And Giselle, like, meekishly admitting that is his phone number. I know. I will give Giselle some credit here. She could have lied. Or just been like, I don't know what she's talking about. Right. She could have lied or said, I don't know what she's talking about. But she decided to just be honest. Is Giselle coming? No. Is Jamal coming? Of course not. Right. Of course not. This is a good time to mention that Jamal has responded. He's taken to IG Live. I think it's an IG Live. I can't like really find the origin IGTV, of maybe? this. Yeah, so he's responded. He says he with his own binder. Yeah, like he doesn't have receipts because he's the cash register or he's or something like that. <laughs> yes, he's the cash register. He has his own binder. <laughs> that, I got to say I don't have receipts because I'm the cash register. <laughs> I like if you put me in a room for like a week, I could not come up with that. <laughs> I know. He also does this. He has this narrative of him that says it's impossible for him to have a mistress because he's not married, which is. Oh, come on. Go look out and seek out that video. I don't have like the entire transcript of it, but yeah. it's like, please, Giselle, leave his ass. You could please. like you are so beautiful you've got so much going for you why are you crawling back to this like yeah pizza use use candace's advice have one day with a stylist one day (laughs) and then go find a new man with that one day (laughs) oh my god i mean like let's get let's get i mean i think queer eyes like over but let's get giselle on queer eye yeah because she does need not just a stylist, she also needs help for the home. Exactly. So Bobby's in there. Uh, Karamo, I'm sure, will have something to say. Okay, why don't we get to Orange County? Must we? Just kidding. <laughs> um, the masks are off in the title card. I was keeping my eyes peeled for that. Oh, yeah. So that was just like a one-week gimmick? A one-week gimmick, yeah. It's interesting that the masks are off because Emily has COVID. Emily tested positive for COVID. She doesn't really have that many symptoms. She has like a headache, I think she said. Yeah. Um, But then Shane has all the symptoms. Yeah. And Shannon, this is like going on while Shannon's daughters have COVID. Shannon Thinks she does, but keeps testing negative. Mm-hmm. Her describing having the person who was testing her shove that thing further up so that like mucus was coming out was really harrowing for me. <laughs> and like, and talking about like one of the daughters crying hysterically, it's like, okay, like. I know. It's also, well, I mean, like, I'm sure Shannon made them feel real guilty for like going out and partying yeah. during COVID. Okay, 
Isn't it something <laughs> that Bravo is having these women who are positive with COVID to continue like filming them, filming themselves? Like it just the you can't punch out. I know. Can you? <laughs> I guess there's no sick days on Housewives. <laughs> like Emily self-filming in the car in the like hospital park while she thinks that her husband like that like her husband might die is the wild part yeah because back then and i mean it's still true now but back then we were hearing a lot of stories i mean we're hearing more as we peak again or re-peak um of people like going into the er and like them never seeing their families again so the fact that bravo is having her record during that time well, this is this is July, so I think things had like settled a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of that narrative, um, but still. But like, isn't it something that through it all, like Emily is still Emily, and like kind of QAnon adjacent? I think. Yeah, through it all. Like, like this has not changed her. She wants to save the children. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we're going to go to Lake Arrowhead anyway with just the four of us. It's like, okay, here we go. Uh, It looks as though they're making positive beverage cocktails. (laughs) There were so many bottles in that kitchen that, like, I couldn't keep up. Bottles and cans everywhere. I know, but, like, the mixer seemed to be Kelly's product. Right, exactly. And then, like, there was, like, some sort of, like, weird flavor vodka they were, like, trying or something like that. Oh, yeah. Was this, like, someone... Is this SpawnCon? Like, why were they pushing it so hard? It felt like it was SpawnCon, but it wasn't Vargas vodka, which is coming in December, which we're in December. It was not Vita Tequila. Wasn't Vita Tequila. But they were, I think they just like wanted to have as many bottles around as possible to like fuck with Bronwyn, which is fucked up. It was so fucked up. I, it was also interesting when like Bronwyn rolls in with her mask on and she's like, oh, are, like, do we not have to wear masks? <laughs> it's just like, and then they like put on face shields to cook dinner. I, okay. <laughs> I, I could not, I, I was like screaming at the, again, screaming at the television, like, we're cooking it. Like, right. You're not you're not like preparing a salad that you're like spitting all over and then eating mm-hmm. like we are cooking this meal. It just like really goes to show how unclear the narrative has been as far as like what people need to do. I walk by a diner every day, every single night in okay. um like around like 60th Street, 58th Street here in Manhattan. Every night I see this is over now because indoor dining's over. Every night I see this one man He's there, I think, with his partner. They're an older couple. Um, and he's indoor dining. No mask, but he has the gloves on. Oh, my God. And it's like, we heard from our friend Trang, who's a nurse, that, like, the gloves, like, after you use the gloves and touch one thing, you have to get another glove. So, like, it's totally worthless. But this guy's indoor dining without a mask, okay. but with the gloves on. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I saw this one woman one time with the gloves on, and then I saw her pump hand sanitizer onto the gloves, and she was like mixing the gloves, and the gloves were just like sopping wet with so, hand sanitizer. 
It's just like so dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a shame, really. <laughs> really. <laughs> okay, so we got the four gals. We got we got Shannon FaceTiming with the Haim sisters who have taken over the Bador house. I really think it was like, have you ever seen that movie um, House Arrest with like Jamie Lee Curtis where all the teens lock their parents in the basement while they have a party? <laughs> I never I never saw it, but like I know what you're talking about. It yeah. felt this felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we got a scene, the scene where Bronwyn showed up outside of wherever Shannon's quarantining and yeah, just was yeah, like yeah. outside the door. Where was Shannon? Did we get an explanation that I missed? She was in John's John's house. John's house. Yeah. Which like looked to me like this was a bachelor pad. Like his adult children are no longer living with him. Right. So he's in like this little condo or something. Yeah, and there was like a construction site out back or something. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um I gotta say, like, I was surprised. By how much we've already gotten out of Lake Lake Arrowhead. But it was like very for a housewife's trip, it was very disorganized. And like in particular, like there's there's only four people here. Mm-hmm. Like why are we why are we having separate conversations right next to each other talking over each other? Do you remember what I'm like when they're all sitting at that table? Yeah. It's very just. And they're like having two different conversations. Yeah. And like, it's that. And also, like, with a housewives trip, like, I guess because of COVID, it's different. You usually like arrive, like, people put like their stuff in the rooms, rooms are assigned. Like, there's usually a cadence to it, you know? And. Oh, a room was assigned. Uh, the master. I got the bug room. <laughs> <laughs> the buggy, buggy, bug room. Um, but like, when they arrived, they just kept on like showing one shot of like all of um, Kelly's luggage outside the front door. Did you catch yeah. that they went back to that like four times? And I was like, why are we doing this? Can you just bring them in? <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I don't remember. I like Bronwyn storms out at one point and calls Sean mm-hmm, on the like, deck. He's not picking, but he's not picking up. So then like she calls Rowan who puts Sean on the bed and like, she lays into him right away. She is like go going full throttle at him in a way that's making me scared. It's interesting how, like how much she does not seem to like him, but yet relies on him so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even to this day, they're going, they're remaining married and like living together still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. When they're sitting down and this is like the conversation where like they're having two different conversations, but then it eventually merges into one where, uh, like Gina and Kelly are talking about Rick and then Rick's daughters Mm -hmm. and then one of Rick's daughters thinks Rick is conservative and then that's how we get into the conversation and then when Gina's like well he is a reporter for Fox News right and also like I think this must have been the daughter who um, was the boots on the ground at the live bitch sesh recording yeah which is wild to think about how like I guess that was like 
two years ago, a year ago. How long have Kelly and Rick been together? I like a year. Like it's probably a year ago, and like, cause, it, cause they haven't been together that long. Right. Yeah. Like, like he was not on camera the prior season, but he was part of the media tour during that season. Like he was with her in between these two seasons. Right. Yeah. So I think that I think that podcast was like this time last year, December, like November last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so then we, that spirals into a whole conversation about like black lives matter, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Columbus. And I was not expecting Gina Kirschneider to like articulate it even better than Bronwyn was able to. Mm-hmm. I think I wasn't expecting it either. Even though we saw Gina with Gina's friend Giselle <laughs> um, th- from last episode, but that also was an Instagram <laughs> yeah. live that I had yeah. tuned into back yeah. in the summer. So I think like Gina, I think Gina did a pretty good job in listening yeah. to Giselle. Um, and I think that a lot of what Bronwyn was doing at the time was showing up in person, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's like my fan fiction with Gina is like, I bet you, or I hope, cause like, I'm not really paying that much of a close attention to her. She's probably like not wild about having to do this all, but like, I gotta go get a check. Like I can't, I'm not getting money from Matt. Like, like I, if it was up to her, she would probably just like want to stay home with the kids. Right, that makes sense. Especially like with this group of women, it's like I have to hang out with this group of losers all the time. Yeah, the one thing that like hurts my theory is like to this day she seems to still be like best buds with Emily. Right, but like I feel like they have like a sorry, like a surface best buds relationship. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, I was just so, and this wasn't the only moment this episode where like, I'm like shocked by Gina. Right. Also on Emily, I think Emily is the type of person who is like an anomaly as far as like, she doesn't understand why voting for Trump is bad for the black lives matter movement. If that makes sense. Uh Okay. Like she doesn't fully grasp, even though she like went to school to be a lawyer. But I mean, like, so did. (laughs) And is a lawyer. (laughs) So did Rudy Giuliani, you know? Sure, 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 sure. So it's like. But like, but but that's different because like Rudy Giuliani is a like. Right. Is like hungry for power. Like Emily Simpson's just on Housewives. I think Emily Simpson is the type of person who like kind of just like views politics as some. She doesn't view it as seriously as other people do. Okay. And like, doesn't quite grasp like what different things, the deeper meaning of like different things that she's like, quote unquote, supporting. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. She might be like looking at it like surface level. Like how does this affect me? 
Right. Like she might be supporting like, quote unquote, save the children. She doesn't realize the deeper meaning of like who's behind the people who are pushing that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 It's just like it's frustrating because like it's it's so easy to just like hate Kelly Dodd. Right. But like like Emily seems at times to be like a logical, normal person, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like. Yeah, that's a deeper thing that I think like. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they eat that monstrosity of a dinner. Like it looked like they like caught a monster from the bottom of that lake and threw it on a sheet pan. Do you think that Kelly is actually a good cook? Like people say, uh, not judging from this entree. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean like they were also like drinking heavily during the cooking of that. So who knows? Sure. Yeah. Um, it is like, I the one thing with Gina though is I would have liked for her to be in Bronwyn's corner a little bit more this episode. Right. But I mean like Bronwyn's on her way out with this group. I really truly wonder what's going to happen in future seasons, like how they're going to address this going forward, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could picture a world where like okay, Tamara's worming her way back in Mm -hmm. and we bring on like Noella or something. Yeah. It's like Tamara worms her way back in reunites with Shannon. I don't know. Who knows? No, but no, but Tamara's worming her way back in through Bronwyn, not Shannon. (gasps) Right. But I mean, like, I think Shannon is more likely to stay than Bronwyn is. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know. We, We will see. Okay. Let's, Get on over to the the slopes of Salt Lake City. What an episode. Just like they continue to surprise and delight. And it feels like a permanent vacation because they all seem to not really live in their homes, you know? (laughs) I mean, they are vacationing like for the filming of this. It just feels like we're on like, I guess, like 10 episode, whatever, however long it'll be like vacation with these women and i like it yeah uh we spend a little bit more time with lisa barlow the queen of sundance like throwing her events and stuff but at the same time i still like i I still feel like i don't know lisa barlow right but i think like we're we're meeting her in her busiest time so there's not a ton she can give to us though i will say her husband's like cute yeah it's like Kristen Takeman's husband, but make him wholesome almost. Mm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Make him a little bit more submissive. Yes. A lot more submissive. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I love her not answering the call from the babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if a babysitter is calling a parent, I would think, like, we're in trouble. Right. Um, did you ever do the thing? I used to do the thing all the time when I was left home alone. And I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before. So like my mom would go out like Friday nights when I was like old enough to take care of myself. But I also was like the only kid left in the house. So it was like probably like in middle school or whatever. Yeah. We didn't have cell phones back then. So 
I would, if I felt like it had been too long that my mom was gone, I would flex and call the restaurant. That's and have her come talk psycho. to me. Have her come talk to me at whatever like waiter stands the phone is located at. But like, were all your sisters out? Yeah. I, okay. I was an independent little, I mean, like I'd be set up with like a Domino's pizza and like some diet Coke and I'd be good. But then I would get bored of like watching TV. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm only asking in terms of like, I know you're, you're the youngest, mm-hmm. like as the oldest, like if I was left alone, like I didn't care, like good, <laughs> you know? Right. But like, you know, I wanted my mom to come home. Yeah. Yeah, that's my little psycho behavior as a youth. I'm going to bring it up to my mom next time I call her and see if she remembers. Oh my God, so mean. (laughs) Okay, Um, we do get some more of Shaw in the workplace. I still do not know what Jen Shaw does professionally. She was acting in her fucking (laughs) fucking roller skates and tiara. Coming down that and hula hooping in hula hooping, it's like Jen Shaw. Like, what? Yeah, I I could I I still can't wrap my head around that. And what's the name of her assistant, Stewart? Stewart. Yeah, he he's was back. Thankfully, he's her first assistant, so that means that implies she has more than one. Well, she had like a whole team around her when she was getting ready for the parties later. It's so stupid. Yeah. Okay. Guys, Mary and Sherlane. Is that Sher- is Sherlane her name? I forget, but it is her something adjacent to that. Her housekeeper who also is a relative. <laughs> a relative who is seemingly being held hostage in this home. And Mary had a confessional where she said something along the lines of we're not close, which I thought was going to end with like a wink, a laugh or something that like JK, we are actually close, but it just, yeah. it just sat there. Yeah. 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 And so we're not close. They're technically family. Fam- they're technically family. It's her grandmother's brother's daughter. They're technically family. But they're not close, but they care about each other. And she has to wear hospital scrubs. It's. I've never seen anything like this on television. <laughs> never in my life. Uh, it's. It's worrisome. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, really. I think we just leave it. Hanging like hanging. that because we need to see yeah. what's going to happen with her in future episodes. Yeah. We're celebrating Justin's 52nd birthday. So I will say, um, former guest to the show, Kara, commented that Justin is attractive and I agreed with her. Oh. I don't know what what it is, but you're finding like all <laughs> the Salt Lake City men attractive. Maybe he has and some it, Chris Manzo in him that I know that he'll take care of me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really seeing it for 
a single one of them, except for maybe Coach Shaw, but like he's living in the phone. I like him too. I also rest, like Heather's new man. Do without. Oh my god, <laughs> Heather's new man. We'll get to that. We'll Heather. get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Um. So before we get to that party at the Shaw Chalet, we are at the party of Catherine, who is like a woman about town in Salt Lake City. It's very um Heidi from Dallas vibes. Her name's Heidi, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Heidi from Dallas vibes, except Catherine was giving me Dana Pam energy. Yeah, correct. You are correct. Yeah. And this is the party where like Mary and Jen are both there. And Mary's kind of just like standing alone for most of it with like what? Like, it's interesting that she's wearing so many Chanel accessories because isn't it Coco Chanel who says like, take one off before you leave? Unless it's Coco Chanel's own accessories, then you put another one on. Oh, then you put another one on. (laughs) Also, Coco Chanel, wasn't she like a Nazi sympathizer? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Me talking about fashion is the only fact I know is that Coco Chanel was a Nazi sympathizer. And that Annabelle from Ladies of London was, um, what's his name? Mute. What's his name? Muse. What's his name? Oh, uh, McQueen. McQueen's Muse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You are a little fashionista. <laughs> I know. You? Move over, whoever else is talking about fashion. Um, so Mary goes and approaches Jen, but like nothing is really resolved. Yeah, they're just like, it, they can't see eye to eye because Mary is an alien from outer space. Yeah, and Jen doesn't want to play the game the other women are willing to play. Exactly. That's like, that's as, as, as too much as Jen Shah is, she is the only one who is interacting with Mary as I would. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) you got to give Jen something there. Well, I mean, I think like. Salt Lake City, the air is different and the altitude is different. Mm. So that's why these other women might not be seeing Mary for who we see Mary as. Yeah. Okay. Um, I loved the cousins going out for drinks. And that's where we learn like how the Mormons in Utah legislature like have made all these rules of how like you can't have more than one drink per person like on a table and it's in a restaurant and it's like the ounces of alcohol in each mixed drink and that kind of thing yeah so fascinating because that's like what i viewed i had had friends who had gone to salt lake and like talked about that before oh really and like talked about like how it's harder to like like i think like even like liquor stores have weird hours or stuff like that sure so i when we started watching salt lake i expected more of that so it's interesting to like finally get the explanation of what's what sure does that but that doesn't apply to like private parties at a chalet no 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 and that's where all the stuff that's like where it's sundance people go and get lit like robert redford's sure. over there with like rita wilson like <laughs> throwing shots back i'm sure wow before we get to the shah chalet uh we have meredith and brooks marks 
blubbering around the Mark's rented residence. <laughs> Have you ever seen two more like dependent people on one of these shows? As far as like they're so dependent on each other, it's crazy. <laughs> but like they can't figure out like <laughs> how to turn an alarm off. <laughs> like how to turn Gra- on the light. This is a rented residence, so they are not familiar with, like, the bones of the house, you know? I know. I mean, like, the last scenes before the fashion show later in the episode, like, where the alarm's going off, the toilet is overflowing, the dog is shitting on the floor, (laughs) like, Brooks has a face mask on, and, like, they're, it's chaos. Yeah. Also, like, the toilet overflowing onto a carpeted floor oh, that's was... gross. I was, like, gagging. <laughs> that is gross. Um, Brooks uh, doesn't get his father showing up to the fashion show, but instead gets a cameo from him. <laughs> like, this dad. This deadbeat dad. Okay. I, I don't know if this is, like, a conspiracy theory... Are the Marks, the Markses all in this together? I think they're back together. No, no, but like, are like, okay, we got Brooks like taken off uh, from, from school to come film. Mm-hmm. We got Seth running around. Like, are we just all cooking up a plot together? That's my theory. I think that like Meredith got this opportunity for this show and she took it. And then like the family had to scramble around her. But it's like they're also they're connected in like the New York world as well, like which is interesting. So like they they live in Park City, they live in Salt Lake, which is only like 36 minutes from each other. Then they live in Chicago, then they live in Ohio, then they live in New York. None of them have last names. Wow. Except except Marks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. we skipped Uh, we skipped the fashion show, but let's go back to um, the chalet. Yeah, yeah. The chalet where we get what could possibly be Lala Kent and Katie Maloney's last appearance on Bravo. I think that Vanderbump Rules is coming back. Yeah. I, and it is interesting that in like, I think Andy's conversation or like some reporting about whatever Vanderbump Rules is going to continue to be, Lala Kent was named as like still a part of this. And Katie will of course be there because of Tom, Tom. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there is anything, Katie is back for sure. Yeah. And I will say I've listened to a handful of episodes Stop. of Katie's podcast. <laughs> is it, yeah. is she the best interviewer in the world? No, but mm. I do feel like she's got a heart of gold. Wow. 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 Okay. Um, we're at this party. We're hanging out with, I mean, Whitney is really hanging out with her peers because like she and Katie are a year apart. I'm in there too. I'm in the mix. You're in there. You're a peer. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Lala is there at Sundance promoting a film that is premiering at Sundance called Spree. This isn't one of the films I was familiar with. I don't think. No. Uh, And it, it apparently like came out uh somehow this year in terms of like maybe a very limited theatrical run but also vod (gasps) 
is this the one they had a premiere oh my god it's all coming back to me i think they had a premiere for it in la a drive-in premiere it might not be the correct movie that i'm thinking about but i think that the biggest star that appeared on the red carpet for that film was heather mcdonald well there there are like famous people in this movie no but Uh, the biggest the literally the biggest star who actually showed up for the premiere uh, yeah was heather mcdonald wow wow that is a juicy (laughs) scoop you are giving us (laughs) um i'm curious like i'm curious to see if this has landed somewhere i could stream it like i definitely don't want to pay for it but i believe uh like a Stranger Thing cast member was in it. Oh, I know. I don't know any of them except for um, Mildred Bubbina Brown. <laughs> uh, who else is in it? Let me see. It is uh, Sashir Zamata from formerly of SNL. Oh yeah, Misha Barton. Oh, Frankie Grande. Okay. Kyle Mooney, David Arquette, and Lala Kent. Interesting. Is it produced by Randall? Let's see. What is what is his production company's name? I don't know. So maybe we're thinking. Oh, of two it's, different... it's actually produced by Drake. Like Drake like, of Degrassi. Yeah, Drake of Degrassi. Okay, <laughs> so Drake maybe this is a different film that Heather McDonald showed up to the red carpet of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Heather, I love her, but her. A different he- wait, different Heather. We have to pivot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. P- pivot. pivot. Not, yeah, don't love Heather McDonald. No, no. Heather Gay, love her. Did I want to crawl out of my skin while she was flirting? Yes. Yes, but I think like it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like she she sealed the deal, right? She sealed the deal, and apparently he showed up to breakfast the next morning with her. Oh, didn't Jen Shaw say that on Watch Happens Live or someone said that somewhere? Yeah, I don't know. Um, But that's it for Salt Lake. I do want to give you guys a warning. Andy did tweet out last night. Send me questions for the reunion. What's the warning you want to give people? Uh, Like we're wrapping up, kids. Right. But it's also we're also going into the holidays, like holiday weeks. So. Maybe they're like being extra, like careful to like get the questions in before everyone goes and like is only paying attention to like Santa and everything, you know. <laughs> so they're paying attention to Santa, <laughs> but like people kind of go offline during the holidays. I think. I mean, I think this is right now that uh, that was episode six. So you think we have like. I think this is like a 12 season, 12 episode season, which is fine for a first fine, fine for a first uh, season. Sure, sure, sure. It's just like, it's just like, it's sad to think that we are already like at the halfway point. It's okay because we have so many shows on right now. Then we're going to have summer house coming soon. Yeah, and yeah. then like drag race. Hello. Dallas is going to be coming. They're going to be announcing Jersey sometime. It's we'll be yeah. fine. Well, why don't we wrap things up with the Freak of the Week and the One True Queen. And this is actually an interesting little pairing as they both appeared together 
not as uh, co-guests on Watch What Happens Live, but Jen Shaw was on Watch What Happens Live after Salt Lake City, and Gina Kirschneider popped in for a few minutes. So our freak is Jen Shaw for... I mean, a complaint has been that she is giving us too much, too hard, too soon mm-hmm. on Salt Lake City. And she took it even to another level on Watch Dubbins Live. Like, she is lip-syncing for her life as if she has already had to do it, like, two or three times. Um Dan rightly compared it to there's this clip from Drag Race season three untucked in which Delta work um, iconic legend star does this little bit about pick me, pick me. Maybe Dan yeah. can play it right now. me, pick me, pick me, look, pick me, look, pick me, look, pick me, look, pick me. So I do have to give credit to fiance to the show, Alex who pointed this comparison out to me. So like the idea is you're not like just lip syncing for your life and like displaying the talent. Like you're doing antics to like be saved and move on to the next episode. It's also like another good comparison as far as pick me is like those people who appear in like hot people's Instagram comments and like compliment (laughs) the shit out of them as if they're going to like, pick them to fuck, you know? Yeah. So like, I feel like Jen is not getting a great reception online. I know, but it's her own doing. She's trying to be a caricature of a housewife at this point. And she needs to like be fucking real. Like Heather gay is being at this point. And like Heather gay's being effortless and just like being herself showing up to, that weird bar to wear overalls and eat truffle fries. It's like great. Yeah. Parmesan yeah. fries. I think actually, sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I want just Jen, just know? Jen, just Jen. And I'll, I'll give a, a tentative, gentle standing queen to Gina Kirschneider. I mean, after having a positive episode where I expect the least from these women, it was fun to like see her show up on Watch Robins Live too, uh, be celebrated with an Amy Phillips impersonation, and then also like pull the look together. She was looking like the hair was fine, like she landed on the right haircut. Like I know Andy commented on that to her face, and I thought that was kind of rude, but <laughs> I mean, like it's a compliment, sort of, right? <laughs> but he said it. Along the lines of like you finally figured it out, and it's like, <laughs> oh my oh. God. um, I in the fact that you're giving her a tentative like stan, well, online you've been squirping and a chirping, like the it's bird. still tentative online, Brendan. I'm not <laughs> going full on stan, I know better than that, okay. Um, but yeah, but you don't okay. have the curse, so you can do whatever you want. It's the cur- the come through queen curse lies with me. Oh, okay, okay, um. That's it for this week, but don't forget, we posted on our social channels, you have a homework assignment. If you have not watched it yet this holiday season, turn on Family Stone. We are recording our uh, special holiday Family Stone episode this weekend. So you got to get your Family Stone questions, comments, concerns, theories, gossip over to us. 
Uh, you could slide into DMs or email us at Come Through Queen. We would love an emailed voice memo. That would be really amazing. We want to hear your voice. Yeah. Um, otherwise, run on over to ComeThroughQueen.com for all links to our social channels, the Patreon. We have a bonus episode where I talk about crying over Little Mix breaking up. And we have a bonus episode, which is one of my favorite ones that we've done, where we decide which uh, housewife from each city deserves the before they were housewives special treatment that Lou got that one time. Yeah, like years ago. Years ago. So tune into that. It's over on our Patreon, which is accessible at comethroughqueen.com. So like, comment, subscribe, harsh, share, retweet. Love us, love us, please retweet. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I want to see you come through, Queen. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.